I'm a true champion. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Wrestle Plug Podcast. It's been a heavy, heavy, heavy weekend, and I'm just about ready to drop, but not before talking about NXT TakeOver 36. I'm Aaron Nix, somewhat professional wrestler, somewhat entrepreneur, somewhat brand owner, somewhat graphic designer, somewhat videographer, many, many places that I need to be, but no place I'd rather be than with Kyle Wilkinson of Canada, baby. Ah, this was a fun show, wasn't it? Yes, it was. This was what SummerSlam should have been and was not. And why did I ever think that anything other than TakeOver being the best show was going to happen? Fuck off, SummerSlam. Fuck off, main roster. Because NXT is in the house. Five-match card. Didn't watch the pre-show. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen. Didn't have time for that. We were busy recording watch-alongs. Frankie T, you're welcome. Um... So, yeah, show opens proper, proper well. (laughs) That's how it opens. Cameron Grimes versus LA Knight for the Million Dollar Championship. And, of course, Carl Wilkinson, we're going to be saying this quite a lot with this show. You called it Cameron Grimes. I mean, I did predict Cameron Grimes as well. Cameron Grimes is your new Million Dollar Champion, courtesy of some extracurricular shenanigans from the Million Dollar Man himself, Ted DiBiase at ringside. But it's Cameron Grimes who's going straight to the moon. The moon. Yes, indeed. Uh, I what a love great this opener. Guy. Great energy oh. in this match. Oh, yeah. The P- the CWC, because that's where it was. We were talking about when we were watching it. This should have been in Vegas. It should have been in front of a huge, you know, 51,000 capacity crowd. But, oh, doesn't matter. The hardcore CWC fans love Cameron Grimes. And how can you not? It's just so infectious. And I'm so happy that he got the win. He seems he's going to be a star. Yeah, there's not really much else you can add to that. Um, it's He feels like a star. I've said on many occasions, I feel like Cameron Grimes is, he's the guy who would have suited, pardon me while I just get my mic working a little bit better here. There we go. Go. Cameron Grimes is the guy that I feel belongs in um, NWA from back in yesteryear. And that's not to say LA Knight doesn't feel big time. I'm a little bit disappointed that LA Knight has lost quite a lot of high-profile matches in NXT because that doesn't signal well for how well he's going to do. You know, you mentioned it during the show, and I've always likened him to EC3 in a lot of ways. Um, mm. You know, he was the biggest mic worker in Impact for a while. Then he came to NXT and was used fairly well. And then he was completely shit-canned on the main roster. Starting to sound familiar. Um, So I worry about LA Knight going forward, particularly if he is going to get a call-up. But judging from some of the results that we saw tonight, there's definitely going to be a few call-ups. The women's title was also on the line. And this was the only time, really, where it was... You know, standard fare for the evening. Raquel Gonzalez successfully defends the Women's Championship against an incredibly game and an incredibly athletic and an incredibly sexy Dakota Kai. Um, it's just the first will never end. Um, it was a phenomenal matchup, to be fair, between two world-class women's athletes. And Dakota Kai puts on the performance you'd expect of her, but unfortunately she comes up short and there is a big rumour that she might be going to the main roster. And Raquel Gonzalez continues her reign of terror 
but we already know who she'll be facing next because <laughs> Kaylee Ray <laughs> debuts for NXT <laughs> at the end of this match. That's awesome. That's big time. You know, the NXT UK talents are starting to come through. Kaylee Ray had a world-class record-setting title reign, of course, as the NXT UK Women's Champion. Here she is. Um, your thoughts on the match, though, and obviously Raquel Gonzalez. Do you think this is the right decision to have Raquel Gonzalez retained for now? I mean, it's always like Dakota Kai will always be the bridesmaid, never the bride. She's always just going to be the woman that can never quite get there, which is really upsetting because she's phenomenal. She's been in NXT for like four or five years now. She's been there forever, and she's never really won anything. It's a little sad, but at the same time, like you say, if she might be getting called up, and if she is, this is obviously the right choice because Raquel Gonzalez is a fucking monster. She is incredible. And her and Kaylee Ray are going to beat 10 pounds of shit off each other. And I'm here for it, man. I don't watch a lot of NXT UK. I can honestly admit, I don't think I've ever watched a full episode. But I've seen a lot of what Kaylee Ray could do, and it's terrifying. What Kaylee Ray is, is... She's not that dissimilar from Dakota Kai, you know, beautiful, slim, um, kind of compact in her wrestling style. But Katie Ray is a lot tougher, I'd say, a lot more relentless. And she'll offer a very different kind of style of fight for what Raquel Gonzalez is not, probably not used to. I think it's a big deal, especially if you're going to start having to move around. The roster's already very strong, very stacked in terms of women's talent. But now you bring in Katie Ray, that's another big heavy here. You know, you're hearing a lot about how NXT is going to be repackaged. It's going to be changed around. But ultimately, they're still bringing in the kind of stars that you would expect under the current kind of product that they have been presenting us for the better part of what feels like five or six years now. Um, TakeOver is always going to be phenomenal. This was no exception. And this match was no exception. The really funny thing is barely anyone's going to remember this. Because the NXT UK Championship, it might not be necessarily the most, you know, it's not defended that many times. And because of that, for me, it feels more special. And, you know, a lot of people will say that the reigns that Volta and Pete Dunne had with this belt are great, but unfortunately, they didn't defend them enough or they weren't on TV enough. And then there's COVID and everything else that comes with it. Uh, particularly in terms of, uh, you know, in the case of Volta's reign. But they've been treated very much like Brock Lesnar was as WWE champion. They're an attraction. You know, you don't get to see them every week. It's special to see a match involving the NXT UK champion. And I don't think anything will actually be as special as what we saw tonight between Ilya Dragunov and Volta, because Dragunov tapped out Volta to become the new NXT UK champion. And at that point, I audibly screamed like a child. Can um, confirm. I can confirm. Um, this was... I don't even want to say this is five stars because it, that doesn't give it enough context because everything's five star these days. This is, without a shadow of a doubt, and without even any hesitation, the best match you will see all year. It is one of the best matches. And that includes a match, an Ironman match between Joshua Alexander and TJP. Like, and that was special. But it's just been usurped by this. 
this is for me as close to perfection in professional wrestling and not only that it was borderline real and that's what makes it special when people say i want my wrestling to feel a bit more real i don't mean i want to see people generally die but i want it to feel like legitimately at some point you're watching this thinking they're going to kill each other they are willing to die and die on the badge that is NXT UK for that title. When people say to me, NXT UK is a bit shit, or oh, NXT UK is for the Predators, or all this fucking bullshit hyperbole that all these fucking indie marks and nobodies come out with in the wrestling world, that's all very well and good. But this is a company that has Ilya Dragunov and Mako Satomura as its two prominent champions. I mean, fuck you. You don't know what you're talking about. You obviously don't get wrestling. And ultimately, the majority of the wrestlers who are acting like marks on social media, slagging off this company, you're running down some of the best women's wrestlers in the world as well. So you're full of shit. Shut your mouth. Act like a fucking professional. Act like you've been in this business. Be grateful for the opportunities you're given instead of running your mouth. The reason that NXT probably wouldn't pick you up is because of your lack of professionalism. It's got nothing to do with the fact that they might harbour some unsavoury individuals. And nobody's trying to pretend they're not there. Ilya Dragunov and Volta set the bar for how professional wrestling should be presented tonight. And they set the bar at a precedent that I don't think anyone else can touch. I don't think there is anyone else out there who can put on this level of performance in front of this kind of mainstream audience. This was a masterpiece beyond anything else I've seen. And I will watch this match in 20 years' time and I will still harbour the same kind of joy and excitement and thrill for it that I did tonight. It was truly, truly special. And if you don't watch this or you have no interest in watching this, I have no interest in even trying to convince you or conversate with you or listen to your opinions. Because frankly, you're not a wrestling fan. If at some point you haven't caught a glimpse of this or a small essence of it and not been intoxicated by what you saw in front of you, it was frankly and simply put an absolute masterpiece. It was artwork of the highest order. This thing should be taken, put on a big screen and slapped in the Louvre in Paris because it's fucking obscenely beautiful. And it's also incredibly violent as well. I think the violence helps paint the beautiful picture, though. Yeah, it does. Because, like, I, I've seen, you know, Walter matches before, the one he had with Pete Dunne to win the title. I had seen bits and pieces of their first match. I've never seen it bell to bell, which is a crying shame. I should really change that sooner rather than later. So for this being my first true introduction to these two men beating not 10 pounds of shit, but literally their combined body weight of shit out of each other, this was probably the best match I've ever seen. Wow. Can I say, can I say that? Yeah, I think I can say that because I've, I mean, I've seen some incredibly magic things over the years, but Jesus Christ, this was, I, I can't even describe how it felt because it, I don't know if the words exist. It was just so monumental. Sure, I didn't, I didn't audibly scream because I think I was too shocked to because of what I had just seen, just because Volter had been displayed as this unkillable monster, you know, the biggest chops in the world. And then 
not only does he lose, he taps out. Which I don't know how often he's done in, you know, WXW or in any of his indie stuff in general, but that doesn't seem like something Volter does very often. I've never seen him tap out. That that makes it even more special. And now the general is gone. Long live the czar, as he yes. said in an interview later on, which is a little spooky. Fun. Yeah, that's yeah. a little spooky. Czars don't end too well. Ilya, just so you know, I'm sure you know your history. Didn't end too well. But this guy is now going to carry the NXT UK brand on his back, whatever is left of it, after this. Because, my God, yeah, his, neck, his neck turned purple. I, I hear hyperbole from Marks, like Chris Jericho, talking about their title being the most protected title in the business. This produces the greatest matches of any title in the world. It's not even close. Pete Dunn versus Tyler Bate and take over Chicago. I think it was Chicago. Um, uh, yes. You know, Pete Dunn versus Volta, Volta versus Dragonov. These are masterpieces. These are matches of a generation. These are wrestlers of a generation. I like AEW. I like their champions to a certain degree, not Kenny Omega. <laughs> Um, this is different. This is different to me. This is a completely different level. And of course, people are going to say, well, it's subjective and it's an opinion. It absolutely is. And this is definitely what I expect professional wrestling to be like. And this is the professional wrestling that I would hold to the highest standard. There aren't many people who can do what I saw in this match. Nobody can do that other than about three or four guys. You know, maybe uh, Finn Balor, Pete Dunn. Tyler Bate to a certain extent. You know, Volta is the best wrestler in the world. By some margin at this point, it's actually quite haunting how much better he is than everybody else. And, you know, I love Roman Reigns. Like, I, I'm really digging Roman Reigns. But this is something different. This isn't a sports entertainment. This is purist. You know, when Imperium comes out and they say, we are for the sport of professional wrestling... That, that isn't just some bullshit character. That's true. Volta won't allow himself to have anything other than a match like this. Pure excellence. And, you know, Volta's already got arguably the two best matches a year wrapped up. A lot of people are saying his match with Champa was something else. And the thing is, it's so unique because you don't get to see it often. Go and watch it. If at the end of it, you don't think it's that good or you think it's a bit overrated, then don't bother watching wrestling again because you're not going to see anything better. I'm sorry, you're just not. Um, <laughs> I don't know what rating you want to put on it. I don't give a fuck what Big Daddy Dave Meltzer thinks because he's a fucking mark for himself now. He's become a completely useless shell of what he used to be in terms of his credibility as a journalist. Um, but for me, this is the epitome of five stars. This is the epitome of perfection. And it's followed by arguably one of the all-time great rivalries of NXT. Two out of three falls, Kyle O'Reilly versus Adam Cole. And the shocks keep on coming because this match hit you every single time you didn't expect it to. Uh, I really enjoyed this match. And on any other given night, it would have been match of the night. No question. Um, the first fall ended very abruptly with Kyle O'Reilly picking up a pin. Uh, Adam Cole looked stunned by this. Then Adam Cole... 
you know, got his kind of second uh, pinfall in the street fight. And then everything just kind of broke loose in the steel cage. There was this great image of the medics trying to attend Carlo Riley while the cage just came folding in. Very cool little image now, very different to what we normally see. Obviously, with the smaller amount of room to work with, you've got to make it work. And I love this match too. It wasn't as good as Dragonov versus Volta, but then again, probably nothing is. <laughs> That's so then you have to temper your expectation. And this was a different match. And luckily, this had a different flavor to it, enough that I could separate myself from the experience I'd had from the last match. Um, but the stunning image of Kyle O'Reilly tapping out Adam Cole while being handcuffed to the ropes to get the win and to finally end the rivalry is an indicator of two things. First of all, they obviously have some faith in Kyle O'Reilly, but most importantly, Adam Cole must be moving to the main roster now. This had better be good from Adam Cole's perspective. I'm terrified for him because of his size and because of the treatment of talent on the main roster. They better know what they're doing. Um, and I hope they know what they're doing because this could end up being either a make or break scenario for WWE because if he goes up to the main roster and they don't do well with him or they fuck around with him, particularly as he is... Um, you know, his contract's up as well. So I don't know whether he's re-signed or not. They would be crazy to allow him to walk. And that could end up really spelling big problems. So a lot actually pivots on where Adam Cole goes and how he's used. But it's a weird match. Um, it was very enjoyable. It was very hard hitting. I'm sure you're probably, in some ways, I'm kind of gutted. I'm a little bit terrified that might be the last time I see Adam Cole in the WWE ring because I feel like all of his best work has been done here. Um, he's had amazing stuff. He was great in Bullet Club and he was great in Ring of Honor, but Adam Cole in NXT and the Undisputed Era has been next level brilliance. And yeah, I, I worry as to what will happen now because there is no more Undisputed Era. There is no more Kyle O'Reilly versus Adam Cole. Bobby Fish isn't even the company anymore. Roderick Strong is kind of an afterthought in the diamond mine. It was weird. I almost felt like I was attending a funeral for the Undisputed Era. It's like the, bit, end yeah. of, the end of that era has truly properly come to an end with this match. So it was quite an emotional ending and it ended so abruptly. You know, like, you know before you even... It was weird. Like it, it was long enough, but it just felt like it just kind of... It was done in a flash and you're like, oh... That's it. No more Undisputed Era. No more rivalries. No more great, incredible. By the way, the My Way-esque package they did before this was masterful. Like, um, What do you think of this? I mean, I think it's a fairly obvious statement that I love Kyle O'Reilly. His name is Kyle. He is a diabetic. He is Canadian. He is everything I wish I could be. Incredibly handsome man. Oh, yeah. yeah. But, like, it's it's bittersweet because on the one hand, you know, he finally gets that big one. You're right. Hopefully, they've got faith in him to help carry NXT in this new direction everyone thinks they're going. No, NXT's not going to die. Fuck off. Calm down. You're stupid and I hate all of you. But... Adam Cole's future is so incredibly important to wrestling as a whole. If he goes up to the main roster, I don't care if it's Raw or SmackDown, should be SmackDown though, because SmackDown, oh, maybe not. 
it's pretty he top heavy. The fuck away from roll because yeah. he's horrible. But, but SmackDown is pretty top heavy. But if they give Adam Cole the same treatment they gave AJ Styles, because who completely skipped NXT? Man, can you imagine some of the matches? 2016, AJ Styles could have had an NXT. Oh, that could, those could have been saucy. But if you give Adam Cole that treatment, the same as AJ, he could be a huge star. He could be the guy. He yeah. could carry this company for the next 10 years. If they let him go and there's only one place he's going to go to another place with another bloated roster, they'd probably have no room for him or the room they'd make would sacrifice somebody else. Yeah. I don't want that. I want him to stay in WWE. I know that sounds weird. It makes me sound like, oh, you want to be with his partner. You want to suffer. Hardy or a bin cell. We have one of those. <laughs> I. I want him to be successful here because he's proved he can already do it. The amount yeah. of money he's made for Vince in NXT is astronomical. So keep him, pay him what he's worth and keep him. Yeah. Not much else to add, to be honest. It's, um, it is really bittersweet. It, it feels quite depressing. Um, terrifying that you might not, possibly be seen again or maybe he will be on the main roster who knows by the way he used um like you pointed out i missed it he uh, used Britt baker's finisher that was kind of cool um just like edge using his wife's finisher um i only noticed that because uh jordan grace like posted a a picture of it on twitter because she's like it's not true love unless your husband does your finisher now so we're just waiting for jonathan gresham to do something Yeah, Jonathan Gresham, you're up next. Time for you to piss yourself. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> the joke, don't come for me. Um, uh, by the way, Jonathan Gresham, probably one of the best purest wrestlers I've ever seen in my life. Utterly incredible. Um, he would be so good in NXT. Main event, NXT Championship. By this point, I, I must admit, I was shattered. I mean, I'm shattered now. It's what, four o'clock in the morning. Like, I was knackered. Um, and Cross versus Joe immediately gave you a bit of taste in your mouth. No Scarlet at all, um, which I understand. They're, they're trying desperately to get used to Cross on his own. I'm not sure what I think about this. Maybe it might tie into that story. And I mentioned to you, didn't I, during a match? I, there's been a lot of suggestions that, you know, he's going to lose more matches than he wins. And then Scarlet will come in and make him this unstoppable destroyer. But... Uh, Cross, the mystique has been damaged so badly from what they've done on Raw with him losing to Jeff Hardy in two minutes, then losing to Keith Lee as well after he'd beaten Keith Lee the first time round. And you just look at Cross and you think, what, you know, you're supposed to be unstoppable. But I've seen you lose now. I've seen you weak. And you've killed the mystique of what it is. And then you have this match. And it's Samoa Joe's big wrestling return. And you're supposed to be so hyped for it. But a part of me sitting there thinking, all I can think about is how Cross doesn't come across as the monster. He doesn't come across as this cool, incredible uh, mystique of a wrestler. He doesn't come across as the assassin, the dark destroyer that he was. And then I'm pretty sure during this match, Samoa Joe picks up a concussion or he gets rocked. Um, that then leads to him getting gassed 
And I, I personally can't buy that he would just get gassed with no damage. He's no. not that kind of professional. He never will be. Samoa Joe is one of the greatest professional wrestlers of the modern era. And one of the best mind workers as well, it has to be said. It, it wasn't bad at all, but it just couldn't match up to the two matches before it. That hurt. Then we had the issue, of course, with Samoa Joe. He looked pretty busted up. I noticed there was blood coming from his mouth at one point as well. And he just, he just looked far away. And he wins the title. And that's a cool moment. But it didn't mean nearly as much as it should have done for all the stuff that I mentioned before. How did you digest the main event of NXT TakeOver 36? I was so hyped for Joe to come back because he. I think they said it was what, like February 2020 or something? Yeah. Last time he wrestled a match when it would have yeah, been on Raw. A year and a half. I was so excited. Like that theme song hit, I'm just here going, Joe, Joe. Joe, because I just fucking love it. And yeah, but five minutes in, he does his classic suicide, like forearm smash to the outside. And after that, I we didn't quite see how he landed because you know WWE's camera work isn't. I, I think the Sayo suplex that he took before that moment it definitely didn't help. Square on his head, and I think that's the situation where he got rocked. That's okay. just me spitballing. I don't know for a fact. No, neither do I. Am I am somewhat of a wrestler? I do train. Um, I know I, and I understand concussions very well, sadly, and head injuries and things of that nature. And it just, I would not be surprised if I went on the dirt sheets tomorrow and found that Samoa Joe being pretty badly rocked during that match or that he picked up a concussion of some sort. The match wasn't terrible. He still worked through it well. I just think that it took away from it, as did the mystique of Gary Cross, because he just doesn't feel like a big deal anymore. No, I mean, we got to see a muscle buster, which was pretty special. I don't think we've seen that since yeah. the terrible accident with Tyson Kidd, who thankfully is okay now. It's uh, funny though, isn't it? Because like this match actually was very protective of finishes. You know, there was no over-the-top false finishes like there was in the other two. There was no like crazy, ridiculous, he's kicked out, he's kicked out again. He keeps kicking out, he won't stay down. When the finish was there, that was it. It was just that, a finish. And more often than not, we should be celebrating something like that. And yet we're not. It's a very weird, weird thing to be, a weird situation to be in. I think it's just because we were, I mean, you know, it's four o'clock in the morning for you. You're shattered as it is. We had two incredibly different yet still super high octane matches that just left us feeling drained, our chests caved in and our souls a little shattered. Yeah. And then... You know, we had this, which, like you say, was it was good. Even with Joe getting rocked, it was still good because, of course, it was. But it just it wasn't what it could have and probably should have been because of, of all the reasons you said. The damage cross, his mystique has been t- completely removed from the shit that happened on Raw. People are cheering for Scarlet more than they are him. We've got a whole now Mark Marrow Sable situation here. And that oh, didn't God, work yeah, out. good callback. That was not good for him. Sable no. got super over. He was released like two months later. Yeah. I, I don't think they're going to release Karen Cross. <laughs> yeah, well, he's got a great haircut. Just saying. Yeah. But now it's 
so what she she comes back and he becomes an unstoppable monster why would you take her away at all just book him the way he's been booked but that's these are the things that hurt wwe and these are the things that it's funny isn't it you wouldn't think we'd be sort of getting to the end of this podcast and feeling quite so miserable but these are the things that make people want to go and watch AEW. These are the kind of things that make people want to support that, even if it's shit at times itself. Because these are dumb decisions that shouldn't need to be happening. It is clearly obvious that carrying Cross with Scarlet Bordeaux is where the money is at. Um, it leaves you disheartened and it leaves you disenfranchised with something that you've loved your entire life. That's what hurts more about WWE when they do shit things to you because you've loved it your entire life. It has been the be all and end all for the most part of TV-based entertainment wrestling. And even though AEW can sometimes be better and you know it has great moments and things, and obviously Friday was so special to so many people, you know, you still expect WWE to always be, you know, WWE is that that perfect love, that true love that you break up with but just keep going back to because you don't know anything other than that love. And even though you might be able to get something sexy and something spicy elsewhere, you always feel like you're always going to get the real deal, the 100% authenticity when you come back to WWE or when you watch WWE and they slap you in the face so much and you just take it because it's that it's your lifelong fantasy. It's your, you know, it's your high school sweetheart, for lack of a better term. And I worry that with the amount of hits we have to take, that people are going to get so jaded that they will say, fuck you. We're going to go and watch the other lot. Or they're just not going to bother with wrestling at all because they just feel so unbelievably fucking beaten down and trodden by the process of it so yeah um i'm pleased it's mojo champion hopefully they'll be able to do good things with him on that roster hopefully karen cross will pick up hopefully he'll find his way back to scarlet because you just cannot separate them i don't think i think karen cross is dead in the water and within a year is a complete nobody who probably gets released if he goes forward without her that's how i feel um and you know tony garn's gonna want to throw a bit of money at a guy like that too he might go back to impact which he was great in. I don't know. See, I don't have faith now that these guys are going to stay where they maybe should be or where suits them best. Um, but it was a great takeover nonetheless, and I'm never going to forget Dragonov versus Volta as long as I live. That like is that. special. <laughs> if anyone ever asked me, hey, you're into that wrestling stuff, show me a reason why I should like it too. Wham, that's going on the screen. That's immediately the first match I'll go to. I'll say, watch this. If you didn't like this or it doesn't give you an intrigue in the wrestling, that's fine. But wrestling ain't for you. <laughs> it just ain't for you. I mean, my original go-to was probably Eddie and Brock at No Way Out 04, just because mm. of how much, you know, the package and everything. But if it couldn't be that, it would be Dragon Off and Volter because that is the best. I don't even know how long that match lasts. It's probably a good half hour. But it didn't feel like it because it just, when you're truly having fun, you don't notice. And not only was I having fun, I was invested. I was cringing every time Dragonov's chest caved in. I think mine depressed a little bit. And it was, oh, magic. Just pure magic. Magic with a CK because that I don't know, just because. 
Yeah. Um, I thought I'd have a quick gander at the dirt sheets just to see what's going on um, because it'll probably be something we'll want to talk about and no doubt there'll be plenty of news. Adam Cole reportedly done with the WWE NXT brand. Tonight's WWE NXT TakeOver 36 event saw Cole lose to Carla Riley. Two out of three falls. Um, it was first revealed several weeks back exclusively by Wrestling Inc. Um, that Cole's contract expired in early July, but that he agreed to an extension that would see him work through SummerSlam weekend for tonight's TakeOver 36 event. Cole was reportedly in contract negotiations with WWE at one point in the lead up to TakeOver. Uh, in an update tonight's NXT TakeOver Phase 6 loss was Cole's final appearance with the NXT brand. It's interesting to note that the report mentioned how this was Cole's final NXT appearance. It remains to be seen if he will stay with the company for a call-up to Raw or SmackDown. It was reported earlier this month that Cole talked with WWE Chairman and CEO Vince McMahon while backstage at a SmackDown taping for a meeting that went extraordinarily well. It was said that McMahon took a liking to Cole on a personal level and that Cole was wanted on the main roster. There were reportedly pitches made by Cole to work Raw or SmackDown if he chose to re-sign with the company. It's believed that AEW would be interested in signing Cole if he leaves WWE as Cole is engaged to AEW Women's World Champion Rick Baker. Stay tuned for more on Cole's WWE status. Hangs in the balance. Um, but that's him done as far as NXT goes. And let's be honest, Great way to finish <laughs> uh, losing to his long, yeah, his longest term, his long time, you know, longest term friend in wrestling in Carlo Riley and the guy that is intrinsically linked with his entire career. So, yeah, that'll do as far as takeover. Any last words, mate? No, I'm exhausted from this weekend. I mean, Paint. my ear, my ear's been a little better, still hurts, but there's no, there's no way I wasn't going to. Watch this with you, record no, with you, you are, because man. watching Raw tomorrow night. Oh, might as well just stick a hot fucking thumbtack up my ass. Just I one. I, just, just one. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't even know what that means. I'm so tired, I but yeah, I shouldn't I complain. I'm ruined, but I've got to edit this first before I go to bed, so I'll be up for another couple of hours. So probably put some KFED commentaries on in the background and take it easy. Shout out to everyone who's watched it. I noticed that Choco Gaming was very high on tonight's uh, show, so I hope you enjoyed it, mate. Uh, shout out to Astrid, who's made her debut on the podcast, who will hopefully be joining us a little bit more regularly. It'd be amazing to have her on more regularly. Uh, uh, yeah, thanks to everybody who checks in with the podcast, helps make it what it is. We're so close to 400 subscribers. I can smell it, so... No, and our luck, all the AEW fans will probably unsubscribe just to spite us. Um, yeah, are there any AEW fans subscribed to begin with? I I think there's a few, to be fair. Like, shout out to my mate now. Um, I've got nothing wrong with AEW, man. I just I wish they would use their talent more properly and book it properly. That's all I'm asking. That's fair. But, but you know, it was it was a crazy night. And uh, if you don't watch anything else from this show, go and watch Dragonlord versus Volta and thank me for it later masterpiece from myself Aaron X and from Carl Wilkinson thank you very much for watching and we'll catch you very soon for a lot more content from the WrestleBlog